Well, um, before I invite Pete, uh, just to those who do not know who is Pete and Leslie, um, they both are, you know, servants of God and have been serving God for many, many years. Um, God has used them to pioneer and plant churches uh, and also has used them as missionaries in different nations of the world. And uh, we are glad that they are part of this church, uh, you know, members of this church. And today, Pete would like to, or Pete will share the word of God to us. Uh, so we welcome him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Hi. Well, wonderful day, isn't it? Yes. Take my watch off. You might think, well, what's that all about? Why do preachers take their watches off? It actually means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I wanted to do it because the clock stuck on eight o'clock, and you might be here a long time <laughs> if I waited. I'm saving you. Nice haircut. Yeah. I've got a confession to make. I'm totally media, a media dinosaur. And so what comes up on the screen behind me is all the wonderful work of Silas. And uh, Jeff is going to try and keep up with me because since I sent the outline to Silas, being a prophet, it's got changed a bit. So the order might be a bit. But Jeff's going to do a great job. Good. You might have guessed already that um, the title today is Wisdom. Wisdom for Harvest. And I want to pick up on what Paul shared a while ago and what the prophetic word has been to us as a church. God has been saying, this is a new day. We cannot go back to what we were before. Church is at the crossroads. This is an opportunity to um, contact the community and the world with the truth of the kingdom. And we've never had such an opportunity. And so this is a crucial time for the church. And so we need wisdom. We need God's wisdom. And that's what Paul said. It's all very well having the knowledge and having lots of lovely programs, but unless we've got the wisdom how to target certain people and how to bring the heart of God into this time span right now, it's going to be wasted. Amen? With me, so I'm trying to give you some keys today and try and widen your thinking a bit. We need to understand what God is doing, we need to have the wisdom to take us through to the harvest. God wants you and me to be in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing to align with what He's doing in the world. And so, the timing of God is very important. Paul shared the other week about um, 1 Chronicles 12, 13, a man of Issachar who understood the times and what to do. That's exactly where we are and what the church needs to do. Notice there are two parts. 
we need to know what God is saying and doing, and we think we, we, we know that this is a new day, we've got to change, the church can't stay the same, but the crucial question is that we need the wisdom to accomplish his entire purposes. We need the wisdom to where we go now and what we do differently and how we do things differently. So all of that is really good. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 14, a wise man builds his house upon the rock. 1 Corinthians 3.10 tells us that Paul was a wise master builder and he laid the foundations for successful churches and he used the teamwork of the fivefold ministries to establish the foundations of the church. So he used that apostolic wisdom in his ministry. Jesus was uh, obviously using wisdom all the time he was on earth. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, I don't think it's any coincidence that wisdom is listed as the first of the spiritual gifts, of the nine spiritual gifts. I think that is because it has the key to how we use the other gifts. Unless you know how to pray for the sick, when to pray for the sick, when to do the faith, how to do the faith, etc., 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 you're not going to get very far. We need God's wisdom first in all these things. And I think the challenge to us is if we're going to have that kind of wisdom where we're hearing what God is saying, it means we've got to get closer to Him. We've got to be disciples of Jesus. We've got to lay down our lives to Him and say, Lord, take over my life. You're the boss now. And I want to get closer to you so I can hear what you're saying and what you're doing. Just coming to church won't cut it. You need to get into the presence of God in a new way. So I'd encourage you to do that. Proverbs 4 7 it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs 9 verse 10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is our strength. Wisdom is our foundation. Wisdom enables us to stand against the flow of worldly opinions and uh, attitudes. We are bombarded with the world in the media, in the papers, in everything around us. And we need the wisdom of God to know what is right and what is wrong, what is truth. And what is not. And so if there ever was a time for wisdom, we need that wisdom now. And uh, so to help us in that, I believe there are seven points I want to bring from the story of Solomon, who was one of the wisest men in the Bible. And um, I want to bring uh, five principles that he used in his ministry um, that gave the answers to questions where he used wisdom. And I will give you two resultant opportunities that come from that. And you'll find most of it in 1 Kings. Um, and some of the passages are quite long, so I won't be reading them all, but 
Michael has an engraved mark to it, visual suggestive of the, of the story. The first thing we see in 1 Kings 3, verses 7 to 14, is Solomon had humility. And in Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, with humility comes wisdom. Amen? We will never have the wisdom of God unless we humble ourselves and become his servant. And say, so it's down to you. It's up to you. And um, Solomon knew this. When he took over from the mighty King David, he knew he didn't have what it took to take that great nation of Israel on. And God gave him a choice. He said, what do you want? I'll give you anything. And Simon, uh, Solomon chose wisdom. He realized he could not rule over such a great nation. He actually says, I am but a child. He chose to have wisdom of an understanding heart to discern between good and evil. He chose that over riches, over wealth, over fame. And guess what? God actually gave him both. Hallelujah. If you choose God's way, you'll get blessed in the future. And we need to, to understand that and move on. Without God, we cannot build his church. We need his constant wisdom and directions. We need to have humility in our hearts to build his kingdom. Amen. So, first of all, that's the first thing, humility. Let's believe we can't do it. Only God can build his church. That Jesus said it's his church. So he's got the wisdom to build it. And there are all kinds of programs that come and go that churches use. But this is a day we, we need to know the wisdom of God because he wants to do new stuff that we've never ever seen before. And we've never ever experienced before. And we're going to need wisdom to do that. Second thing I want to bring to you is that wisdom is supernatural. It's not worldly. And there's a wonderful story in 1 Kings 3, verse 16 to 28. This is the first time that Solomon had to use that wisdom. There was an impossible situation. Two mothers, one baby, Alive, one baby dead. One mother had suffocated the other one and stolen the other one in the night. And they came to Solomon and said, uh, You choose. And he had a word of knowledge and the wisdom to sort the whole problem out. And he got his sword out and he said, Okay, I'm going to chop uh, the baby in half. The life baby in half. And of course, the real mother came forward and kind of uh, was honest in the situation. And the other woman 
just asked it. She didn't have the heart to go through it. And so that's a tremendous example of how wisdom was used in a, a very difficult situation. And we need supernatural wisdom. We don't get wisdom from the world. It's wisdom, it's God's wisdom, it's supernatural wisdom. It's thoughts and reasonings that you won't necessarily think of yourself. They will drop in at various parts of your life when you're counseling people, when you're sharing your testimony, when you're speaking with people. God will give you a little bit of wisdom into their situation so you can turn it around for him. So let's be asking for that supernatural wisdom of God. We need to think outside of the box. Church, we need to think outside of the box. What's gone before won't allow us to progress to what God wants in the future. So we need the supernatural wisdom of God to do that. And it's not just wisdom in church, we need the right programs, but we need to realize our church is unique. The area in which it's placed us here is unique. And so it's got unique problems. God has keys to the evangelization and the harvest of this particular area. God has keys to those you are praying for to be saved. Wisdom will give us those opportunities. We don't want to copy other churches because it's a good program and it's successful for them. Amen. They're doing what God's told them to do. But it won't necessarily work here. I've learned this the hard way. I've tried to be other people's anointings and ministry. It doesn't work. You've got to find out what he's doing with you and move confidently in those things. And I believe God has some great stuff ahead, church. Because we're going to rely on his wisdom. And we're going to do things that no one else is doing because the wisdom of God will tell us to do it. But we need to know the right time and we can't do everything at once. So we're going to need this wisdom again. The timing and which bits to choose and which bits to put into place. The same is true of your own personal families. You need personal direction. You need wisdom for careers. You need wisdom for family, for your future, for your finance, for your health. All that can come from God. You're facing an issue this morning where you need the wisdom of God. It's valuable. God can open up the door for you. He can solve that problem which seems impossible to uh, comprehend. So we need to pray before doing anything. We need an intimate relationship with God. We need to be hearing supernatural revelation.
The third, third thing I want to bring is we can't do it on our own. It's all about teamwork. 1 Kings 4, verses 7 to 19. The church needs everyone to be involved. Can I get an amen? You are all special to God. You've all got a destiny and a purpose and a calling. You've all got gifts and talents. And the leaders can't do it without it. The family can't be the church without it. So each one of you needs to be hearing from God, the wisdom of God, so that you can express your unique talent and ability to build up the body. Wonderful pictures in the scripture about that, which I'm sure others will take up as we go forward. We need one another to reach our goals and achieve the vision. Solomon appointed 12 governors who organized different teams to build the temple, to coordinate the vast resources available, to get together the, the, the building materials, to get together the military strategy for a great army. And he even got involved in international trade. You can read about it in 1 Kings 4. He used organization to bring all of this together. But everyone was involved. He knew he couldn't do it on his own. And uh, he included everyone else. We need a supernatural wisdom to build a supernatural church and a supernatural team. We need wisdom to spot, select, and develop one another. You will, move, you will move no faster than the team will follow. Jesus selected, confronted, developed the potential in 12 disciples. Paul had a team of 15 traveling with him. It was never about individuals in the book of Acts. It was always about the team. And because of teamwork, we're going to get creativity. Creativity is the thing that excites me the most because God is a creator. So the church can think beyond the world. It can think in a different way to the world. It can come up with different strategies than the world has that actually work. So we as Christians need to be involved in health. We need to be involved in government. We need to be involved in finance. We need to be involved in the whole area of society to bring that kind of wisdom and use the creativity of God that he will give to us, his church, to actually see something wonderful happen. Wisdom released dynamic creativity in Solomon. Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs. He wrote 1,005 songs about plants, animals, sea creatures, and mankind. It says he had the breadth, breadth of mind 
like the sand on the seashore. God can expand your mind and your creativity. Even the talent you may have now, God can expand it. He can develop it. He can make it even more effective. But don't ever stay away from it. Seek the wisdom of God in how you can use the gifts and talents He's given you in a more dynamic way. <clears throat> we as a church and you as individuals have those unique giftings and callings, and He wants you to build His kingdom. His task that only this church can equipped to achieve. Time to use our gifts, explore new ones and to think out of the box. So church, we're going to be creative. Amen? Amen. We're going to see the creativity of God. I've got a dream that we have a prophetic thing who are hearing what God is saying and understanding things. I have a dream that we're going to have a pastoral team who can really help and care for and organize food banks and, and different activities in the community that will bring in the poor and the desperate. I have a dream that we're going to have a teaching team who uh, discern uh, what, what we need to teach in the church to release the next of growth. I've got a dream that we'll have, have a, a, an evangelistic team who can get together and dream up ideas of how best we can touch this community. But it will be God's ideas, it will be God's wisdom. And we need to be creative in all of that. There's a whole host of different teams that this church could get involved in. I'm not saying we need to do it right now. I believe we will have the wisdom to develop each area as they come into the Actually, we will be an apostolic church. Amen. We will be apostolic because we will be outgoing. We will be prophetic because we will be hearing the word of God. We will be evangelistic because we'll be going out into the community. We will be a teaching church because we will develop the saints in the church with good teaching, Bible teaching, schools of ministers, schools of faith, to equip the saints so that you know your Bible, you know what God is saying. Amen. Amen. So many possibilities will open up to us if we have that creativity. Now also in number five, if you walk in wisdom of God, your life will be blessed. You want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? 1 Kings 4, verse 20 to 33. It lists all of Solomon's possessions. His abundance and wealth are legendary. All of our gifts are multiplied. So if we're moving in the wisdom of God and hearing God, He can only bless us because He knows the blessed us. 
who are obedient to his call and his mission. Amen. So wisdom is the key to your blessing. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm not going to be stupid anymore. I'm going to ask for wisdom because I want to be blessed. And the sixth thing is that he will promote us. He will promote us. What do I mean by that? 1 Kings 4, verse 34. It says, Men of all nations, from all the kings of the earth, who have heard of Solomon's wisdom, came to hear. I believe if the church moves in wisdom, the church can become a, a city and nation influencer in all areas of society. Education, finance, health, business, government, morals. When things begin to collapse in the world, people in the world will come to the church for answers. I'm looking forward to that. It's already happening. If we, as a church, show wisdom and understanding the governments of the world, who show little wisdom and little understanding at times, will be forced to say, hey, it's the same in Jesus' day. You know? Look at these people, they're different than us. What have they got that we haven't? They love Jesus. Sooner or later, the world's going to notice that we're different. Amen? If we stay as we are, just come and sit on a Sunday, they ain't going to notice anything. We need to change. And we need to have the wisdom to know what to do. And each one of you has a part in that. I don't want anyone leaving here today saying, well, you know, I'm no good for that. I haven't got anything to contribute. That's a lie of the enemy. God can use every one of you, wherever you are, with his wisdom. And finally, peace. It's interesting. 1 Kings 4, verses 24-25, it says that Solomon and Israel had peace on every side and all around. Living in wisdom will bring you a feeling of acceptance, identity, and peace in your life because you will be discovering what God's call for you is and you'll be able to move in it in complete peace. Hallelujah. Unity in the church will bring harvest. So many churches have been destroyed by the lack of peace. And pride rises up. Let's keep humble. Let's keep asking for wisdom. Let's keep unifying. And we will be powerful in this coming marriage.
James 3, 17 says, the wisdom from above is first pure and then peaceable. Wisdom from peace. And I've got some great news to you today. You might be saying, well, this is all very well, all very nice for Solomon. But what about this issue in my life? What about this issue? But good news today. Wisdom is in generous supply and never runs out. How can I be confident? Easy. God has all the wisdom you need as a church and as individuals. Why is that? Because in James 1, Verse 5 and 6, it says, If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and without reproof, and it will be given to him. What a promise. If you need wisdom today for any situation in your life, if this church needs wisdom, in any area of direction or future activity, just ask. God will show us. God will show you. It will be given to you, but let him ask in faith without doubt. So there's an element of faith. You can have wisdom. You need to believe that the answer is coming. Might not come instantaneously. So wisdom is so key as we go on into all this. How did how did Jeff do? Wonderful. Thank you, Jeff. I hope that's now just to focus your attention. I believe it's an exciting time. But we can't do it without wisdom. We can't do it without one And we can't do it without getting close to him. Amen. I've got some terrible stories I could tell about humility and wisdom. But maybe that's for another time. And I'll say, I'll tell you what. When I was a young man, I wanted to be a preacher. And uh, I wanted to be like uh, Billy Murphy. I wanted to be like Reinhardt uh, Bonnet. I wanted to be like Benny God was gracious. He allowed me to travel into Asia and speak at various conferences. And I found myself, uh, after some time, preaching at the biggest church in Bangkok. In those days it was called Hope Bangkok. And there were about 10,000 people there at the time. And uh, I was preaching on one Sunday. And um, I have nine services. So, so I had to preach all night. 
some message. No, that's hard. But I thought I as a loved this is it. This is the priest is coming to town. This is and so pride stuffed it for Liza. In the very first meeting, I was getting excited. <coughs> and uh, it was really kind of jumping around, trying to be like Dominican. They had a bunch of flowers on the on the podium, but it wasn't a solid one, but it was the bamboo. And I was getting all excited, and I washed my, my hand on this podium. The flowers went up in the air, the water went everywhere. The pastor who was in church for me got drowned, and I looked that way. And God said, Big preacher, remember it's me. So we've all been through it. All right? If you've got pride today, get rid of it. It's no good. Let's rely on him. Amen.